Has the Lord been good to anybody? The Lord's been so good to us. Amen. Amen. I'm so glad you're here in the house of the Lord. Amen. Let's just pray right now. Lord, help me to speak what you have laid up on my heart. I pray right now, Lord, as the word of God goes forth, Lord, I pray for power and anointing. I pray, Lord, for apostolic dominion in the room tonight. Accomplish the purpose for which you are sending your word now, I ask. Let every heart be touched. Let every mind be touched. Let every individual in this room now, oh God, be moved by the power of the Holy Ghost. Let those that are in need of you reach out to you tonight and find you, Lord, in the power of salvation. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. In Acts, the 13th and 14th chapters, we read about the Apostle Paul's first missionary journey. In that journey, he journeyed from Antioch in Syria to Seleucia, to Cyprus, Salamis, Paphos, Perga, Antioch, and Poseidon. He traveled to Iconium, Lystra, and Derbe. There was a lot of journeying in the 13th and 14th chapters of the book of Acts. And then if you read on into the 15th, 16th, 17th, and 18th chapter of the book of Acts, you will read about the Apostle Paul's second missionary journey. In that journey, he journeyed from Antioch and Derby and Lystra, some of the places he had been before. He went back to again and Then he travels to Galatia, to Troas, to Nepalus. He travels to Philippi, Amphipolis. He travels to Thessalonica, to Berea, to Athens, Corinth, Sinsturia, to Ephesus, and to Caesarea. There's a lot of journeying in Paul's life. In those journeys, he encountered many, many struggles. Hardships beyond measure. To not re-preach a portion of the message that I preached last week. But the Apostle Paul called all of his struggles light affliction. And he went into detail and he starts really declaring that many of his struggles were greater than anything that we could possibly imagine. He talked about the stonings, the beatings, the stripes. He talked about being shipwrecked, being lost, being misunderstood, being in all sorts of perils, he would say, that he was in and over and again. And he said he was in perils of false brethren and perils among his own brethren. He said he was in perils of his kindred. And he goes on. And my point is, is that every child of God, in their life, there will be struggles. My point is, is that this life serving the Lord is a journey. 
If you read on through, you're going to see that not only did the Apostle Paul do a lot of traveling, but Jesus went to his disciples and he said to his disciples, follow me. And the Bible said that they would go on a journey. The scripture would tell us from place to place that they would journey. They would travel together. The the disciples went on many journeys. And the apostles were sent out from Jerusalem. And they were sent on journeys to specific locations for the specific purpose of benefiting the church and the kingdom of God. Journeys that often caused them to encounter all sorts of hardship and struggle. Shipwreck, persecution, arrest, crucifixion, all sorts of stripes and beatings and standing before the kings and the magistrates. Being accused, falsely accused, and rightly accused for preaching the name of Jesus. They went through a lot of struggles in their journey. Jesus went to men who were living simple lives of mending nets and casting nets and fishing for a living. Or maybe they were a tax collector or a doctor or whatever their job description may be. But when Jesus went to them, his words to them were, follow me. There is always a journey involved in following the Lord. Everybody will encounter a journey. When Jesus said, follow me, they didn't ask, where are we going? They didn't ask, how long are we going to be on the journey? They didn't, they didn't ask any questions. They didn't say, I need more information. As a matter of fact, they dropped their nets. They left their homes. They left their families. And they simply just followed him on a journey. By the help of the Lord tonight, I'm going to preach for a little while about the journey in serving the Lord. What many fail to realize is that sometimes it is not so much the destination that is important in our lives, but it is the journey that we will find the greatest fulfillments in. Sometimes God may send you on a journey that will never end up in the destination that you had in mind, but God had a destination in mind that was different from you. But in order to get you to where he needs to get you to, he's got to send you on a journey that'll take you by a lot of locations that you never thought you were going to encounter. It may be filled with struggles and trouble and difficulty that you never anticipated in your life. But never think that you are out of the will of God or that you are walking some way that God doesn't know where you are. Far too many end up shipwrecked between the beginning of a promise and the fulfillment of that same promise because they quit in the middle of the journey when hardship and struggle comes. I'm preaching to the church tonight. Don't give up in the journey. Don't give out in the journey. This journey, God has called us into this journey and he's going to see to it that we get to the destination at just the right time.
Every step that you climb up the mountain, you're putting yourself one step closer to the right destination. But it may not be the destination that God really has for you. Sometimes we chart our course. We plan our future. We think we know exactly how it is all going to work out. But God has a greater plan for our life. And it just seems like we're on the the merry-go-round of life if you please. Anybody know what I'm preaching about tonight? It just seems like you're going in circles. It may be fun days. It may be some days that you feel like you're out of control, but you're still just staying in the journey. Let me encourage you. Stay in the journey. Don't give up in the journey. God has a plan and he may direct and redirect your life in the journey that he sent men on all through the scripture. They may have gone places that they never understood why they were going there, but God had a purpose for them to go through. Even in the life of Jesus, he said that he must need go through certain areas and certain territories because there was a plan that was greater than any anybody else could understand there was somebody God wanted you to witness to somebody God wanted you to reach out to somebody that you needed to testify to and so you go through the struggle of the journey because God is trying to get the glory when some folks are met by a little bit of resistance they quit trying they give up or they end up bitter about what they're going through. I got to tell you, I've lived long enough. I used to be pretty thin-skinned. I let things get the best of me. I let things get to me. I let things get under my skin. I said things I shouldn't have said because I was frustrated, agitated, and aggravated. But I've lived long enough now to know that life has a way of toughening you up a little bit. You got to be able to take some things that might knock away weaker man out or a weaker woman out but you have got to develop some things I'm trying to help you understand tonight that God is trying to develop some strength in you he's trying to thicken up your skin so you don't get easily offended and affected by every little thing that comes along that when you get in the middle of the storm of life you're able to put both feet on the ground look the devil in the eye and when you don't know what else to do you're just going to stand when you don't know what else to do you just keep on standing if you don't get anything else I say tonight I want you to get the statement that I'm about to make it's not profound but it's true God has a plan for your life and for your future And in God's plan, there will always be a time between the promise and the fulfillment. And the time between the promise and the fulfillment is the journey. And the level of the fulfillment is often dependent upon your attitude when you're in the journey. Mm -hmm. You can get angry. You can get upset. 
You can get frustrated. It ain't going to change anything. Let me tell you, you get frustrated at God, it'll just leave, he'll just leave you in the journey a little while longer. I got a feeling that the children of Israel wouldn't have had to have wandered 40 years in a wilderness. It was because of their unbelief, the scripture said, that they wandered around in the wilderness. They had to have people die off because they were never going to change their mindset to be able to move out of a wilderness where God handed them manna and quail every morning and go into a land where they had to get up and go out and plow a field and the field supply the need for them. There is a different mentality. If we're not careful, we'll live as babies in Christ, always wanting the blessing, always, always wanting to be spoon-fed, always wanting a bottle full of milk, always wanting manna in the morning. We roll back the tent flaps, pick it up, eat it, scratch our belly and enjoy it until the afternoon when the quail come in. But I came today to tell you that God is wanting to transition some people out of the wilderness wondering and take you into the promised land. But if he's going to get you there. You've got to be willing to do some journeying that is going to cost you a change in your mindset. And in the journey we need to learn to find some joy. <laughs> I love all of God's people. Even the negative ones, I love them. I just don't like to be around them. I don't like to be around critical people. don't like to be around negative people. I have to be sometimes, but I don't enjoy it. I enjoy being around positive people. Because I learned a long time ago, the devil gets a lot of credit from negative people. The devil gets a lot of enjoyment out of people who are always creating some kind of strife. Always saying all sorts of negativity and destroying somebody's faith. Give me somebody with blind faith. I like to hang out with young people because they haven't lived long enough sometime to know the struggles in life. And so when you tell them something, they're ready to go headlong into it by faith. I understand. I've lived 49 years. I earned every gray hair in my head for the most part by some of the mistakes I've made in my own life. By the other part, because I'm married to a good woman that gave me three kids that put the rest of them there. And what they didn't put there, God called me to be a pastor. And that put all the rest of them in there. But I'm going to tell you something. I don't enjoy being around negativity. You know why? It just pulls you down. I've never seen anything good come out of a negative conversation. I've never seen anything good come out of somebody who doesn't have faith, that can't believe God for anything. You need to find some joy in the journey. If all you find is the hardship and all you find is the struggle and all you find is what's wrong, we all have trouble in this life. This life is a few days and it's full of trouble, but I don't need to hear yours and you don't need to hear mine. Get some faith and say, God's been good to me. I'm struggling, but I'm still standing. I'm going through it, but I'm going to make it. I don't know how, but I'm going to make it. Woo! 
I just want to be around somebody sometime with people that'll just encourage me. Come on, we're going to make it. Come on, come on, we're going to get through this. Come on, it's not going to, weeping may endure for the night. But joy, but joy, you need to find some joy in the journey. The journey is the time that God uses to transform us. It's a time of testing and trials and chastening that we must endure because God is preparing us for something greater in our future. I want you to understand something. doesn't matter who you are, even the negative folks that are here today. God does not have a plan that's going to take you down. Now, he may have to, to fix some things in you. But that's not his will. (laughs) His will, his plan for you is to prosper you. His plan for you is to bless you. His hope for you is for you to do good. Look at your neighbor and tell them God wants to do good in your life. God doesn't want you to fail. Does that mean some people's never going to fail? Absolutely not. Because God is trying to teach us lessons and our attitude gets wrong. And he says, I guess I'm going to have to let them fail to understand it's not nearly as bad as it could be. I'm going to have to let them feel a little pain to understand how good they feel. Anybody ever been sick for a long period of time and it finally one day it all crashes in on you? You know, you end up down for several days. You end up sick for several days. And then all of a sudden you start getting better. And your strength starts coming back. And a few days after, man, you're back strong. And all of a sudden you look around and say, my goodness, I didn't even know how sick I was. Oh, life is so much better. Am I by myself? I didn't even know I was feeling so bad. It came on me so gradually. I didn't even, sometimes God's got to let us go through some things because we forget how blessed we are. I want to find some joy in the journey. I want to find a reason to give God glory on the worst day of my life. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. So the journey is a time that God uses to perfect us and develop us so that we become more useful in His hands. Maybe the journey is the purpose because the destination was already settled. But he allowed you to go through some things for a while. There's a scripture I used several months ago that I just want to preface in Isaiah the ninth chapter. The Lord sent a word into Jacob And the scripture said in Isaiah 9 and 8 that the Lord sent a word into Jacob and it lighted upon Israel. 
Now understand, Joseph was the son of Jacob. His name was changed to Israel. When I read this text, I was trying to comprehend it and figure it out how that a word went into Jacob, but it didn't come to fruition until Jacob became Israel. The word of the Lord was not speaking to Jacob. It was speaking to Jacob's future. It was speaking to the potential that was within Jacob. But Jacob's name meant rascal. And so what God wanted to do, he had to get the rascal out of Jacob. And change his name to Israel. Before the word that was planted in the rascal could ever be fulfilled, Jacob had to go through some things and have an encounter with God where the Lord said, now I'll change your name. And what I spoke into you, rascal, is going to be changed because now your name is Israel. You will have power with God. I'm telling somebody tonight that God is wanting to perfect some things in your life. He's trying to change some things in your life. Come on, there's some rascals in the house tonight that need to just give over to the Lord and say, go ahead, tonight's a good night. I want to have power with God. So Jacob's name's changed to Israel, but not until he went through some things. He had to submit himself to the journey that God had for him. The prophet of God, Elijah, he had a servant and he sent the servant to the top of a mountain to look for the sign of rain. And the servant gets there and doesn't see it and he runs back down the mountain. He comes to Elijah and he said, "Mm -mm. no rain coming. And Elijah said, come here, servant. Go back up the mountain. Takes off back up the mountain. Back down to the prophet. About the third or fourth time, if we even got that far, most of us would be saying, hang on here. The prophet needs to go climb that mountain and understand how hard it is. Oh my. The prophet needs to understand the struggle of the real world here. The prophet don't understand where I am. I did this last week. Y'all liked it. Doing it this week because it's really hot up here. About the sixth time up the mountain, somebody and something is about to give. Now, how many of you would have just kept running up and down the mountain with a good attitude? The least thing he could do. You see, that's why when pastor calls you to prayer and we show up and pray and the mountain is tough and it's difficult and 
the fasting's hard and the prayer is difficult and the schedule is busy and we get up the mountain and we're not seeing it happen. I'm going to let pastor climb up the mountain by himself next time. The issue was is that it probably took, I'm just, can I have a little leeway here? Because this preach is real good when you tell it like this. It probably would have taken most of us six or seven trips up the mountain to get the negativity worked out of us, the unbelief worked out of us, the submission to authority worked into us. Before we ever got up there and looked at a distance and had the faith to say, it didn't look like much, but it was a cloud the size of the man's hand. Come on, I need to run somewhere else. Maybe the Lord was trying to work some things into the servant so that the servant had the faith to see what the prophet had been prophesying all along. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. No, you don't. No clouds in the sky. I see revival. No, you don't. Trouble and struggle. God is about to pour out a mighty river. No. Come on, let's pray and believe God for it. I'll pray, but it isn't. God's trying to work some things into some people to where we get to the point where we're able to look out across the mountain and understand that the journey was in my favor. I didn't like it. It was hard. It was difficult. It was a struggle. Moses climbed the mountain to hear from the Lord. And he returned to the people. And he said, this is what the Lord said. But then one day he went up the mountain, came back down and said, the Lord said that if you want to hear from him, you've got to climb up the mountain yourself. Well, isn't that what we pay tithe? Isn't that why we hire a preacher? Preacher, would you pray for me? Because I need my rest. I'm busy. Preacher, would you perform? The Lord said, you go tell him. Climb up the mountain. The people said, no, we don't want to climb up the mountain. We want you to go up the mountain because it's easier to pay somebody else to climb up a mountain to come back and tell you what God said. 
But I want to tell you the only way you're ever going to get out of the wilderness is you're going to have to make up in your mind that there is nothing in the wilderness that, won't, that makes me want to stay where I am. I'm going to get in the journey. It doesn't matter how hot, how long, how hard, how high, how difficult. I'm going to climb the mountain. Don't get angry when other people's lives are being blessed and when God's doing great things for them and you're struggling and seem to never get your prayer answered. Maybe they've been climbing up the mountain a little longer than what you have. Come on, CLC. We need to get on the journey of climbing up the mountain and hearing from the Lord. If you're in the journey, you're tired, you're weary. Keep climbing. It's all part of the process. The journey is your training ground. The journey is designed to reveal your weakness. God is perfecting you before he can elevate you. The journey won't kill you. But it will prepare you. And preparation can be painful. But the preparation will ensure you get to your destiny. Jacob was a dreamer. But God had to address the dreamer before he could address the dream. The dreamer always has the potential to derail the dream. That's why the dreamer has to go through the process of a pit, a pharaoh, and a prison before he could ever get to his promise. God had to develop the dreamer before he could develop the dream. Every great man or woman of God has had their share of struggle. A young person, look around this room tonight and you see some good elders in this house. They didn't become an elder just by sitting around twiddling their thumbs letting somebody else do the praying for them. They don't get to where they are in prayer and in faith to where God answers prayer but just letting life come and let life go. Sometimes all we see is the preacher on the platform but you weren't there when they were struggling in the journey. Moses couldn't live in his own house with his own kindred for 40 years. Then he was on hold for another 40 years while he attended sheep on the backside of a desert before God finally spoke to him in a burning bush and then put him on hold for 40 more years trying to lead a bunch of knuckleheads. And then the Lord said, there's the promise. This is as far as you're going. The whole purpose of his life was never the destination of the promised land. The whole purpose of his life was to get people to be able to see it. David was anointed king by Samuel. 
when he was only a lad, but he had to tend sheep, kill wild animals, fight giants, get chased by Saul for 16 years, and complete the majority of the writings of the songbook from a cave before he finally was crowned king of Judah. There's always a journey before a destination. I'm about done tonight, but I'm going to tell you that some of you are becoming weary in well-doing. Defeat that enemy tonight. Conquer that enemy tonight and declare in the name of the Lord, I'm going to keep on keeping on. I'm going to stay in the race. I'm going to stay stay the course. I'm going to keep doing what God has called me to do. I'm going to keep being faithful. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep worshiping. I'm going to keep on keeping on until I hear him say, well done. Come here, Spencer. All some of you see is a kid on a stage. But today, this kid, young man, dealt with some struggles in the journey. See, all you see is the worshiping Praise, sing, and shout, and dancing preacher. But today had a down crowd. Participation was low. The workload was heavy. The people don't see the frustration. The people don't see the disappointment. You handle it well. I'm your daddy, I know. The people don't see the failed efforts because we only talk about the good ones. Somebody asked me this week, somebody was checking up this week for some others and said, well, i got to ask you a couple questions because people are asking, is that really happening in Frankfurt? Because all we ever see is what's good. That's right, because the other nine things we're doing, we ain't going to tell you about because we failed all nine times. But I'm going to talk about the good. I'm going to talk about the progress. I'm going to talk about the one soul we won. I'm going to talk about the one good service we had. I'm going to give God glory for the one good thing that happens. They're not here when we're lacking funds. They're not here when we're filled with frustration. They don't know when the struggle is here and the struggle is real. That's all part of the journey. But the destination is going to be worth the journey because one of these days he's going to say, well done. And it won't matter who's asking what. It doesn't matter. He's going to say well done. Stand with me. Don't give in to the enemy. Don't let the devil get in your mind and tell you that you're alone in this. We're all in this journey. We all have bills we can't pay. Visions that are greater than our funding. Struggles in everything that we're doing. See, all you good folks see is a good preacher on the platform with a sweet wife drives a nice Ford truck and has a big fifth wheel trailer and dresses nice you don't know the struggle 
You don't know the difficulty that brother and sister comes to go through. You're not there in the wee hours of the morning. Oh, well, man, he's preaching all over and miracles are happening and God's filling people with the Holy Ghost and great things are happening. Yes, sir. I live in a family full of preachers. You're not there when Gentry says, Dad, I don't know. Doors aren't opening. People aren't calling. What am I supposed to do? You don't know when Dylan says, Dad, I'm not sure. I'm doing everything I know to do. Just keep on, Dylan. Just keep on doing what you're doing. I know y'all think, Brother Brandon and Sister Ashley, they have it on easy street. Yeah, they lead our young people. Make a lot of money in the process. Get to sit on the platform at camp. Serve our district. You don't know the hardships. You don't know the struggle. They don't come cry on our shoulder. They take it to the Lord in prayer. They say, whatever I got to go through, I got to stay the course. I got to stay in the race. You can't win quitting. I feel the help of the Holy Ghost in the house right now. I'm not sure who I'm preaching to, but it's more than one person. And you ought to already be making your way to the front of this room right now. Because there's some folks that's felt like giving up, felt like throwing in the towel, felt like quitting, and that's what the devil's wanting you to do. But I declare, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, let encouragement come, let strength come, let help come. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Satan be defeated Satan be defeated the blood of Jesus is against you we shall overcome in the name of the Lord in the name of the Lord in the name of the Lord yes come on let God know I'm in this for keeps I'm in this for keeps. I'm staying the journey. Staying the course. Oh, I made my decision. I made my choice. I'm going. No turn. 